0: Hello, and welcome to Overleaf Podcast with Stuart Williams. On this episode, we'll meet Liv Cowell, the writer and editor of The Rodeo Magazine. Liv is also the podcast host of The Here and Now podcast, a podcast which focuses on the links between the music industry and socio-political issues. Recorded in spring 2022, this episode dives into The Rodeo Magazine issue 14, which is now on its 16th issue. The Rodeo's Instagram describes them as the frontier of new music, but we'll aim to dive deep into its humble beginnings and find out how the Rodeo has developed since issue 1. I'm currently looking for sponsors for the show. If you're interested, please reach out to On The Overleaf on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Some Overleaf news? We now have a brand new submission area on the website. So if you make, sell or run a magazine, get in touch you could do so by visiting ontheoverleaf.com forward slash submit. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, Liv.
1: Hello. How are you doing? Hello, hello.
0: Thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, honestly. I'm really excited about this. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready for a a night on the couch. It's been a long day. (laughs) What about you?
0: Yeah, not bad, thanks. I've had a long day as well. But looking forward to the chat.
1: Can I get an introduction from you? Okay. Uh, My name is Liv Cowell and I am based in Glasgow, but the rodeo is based in Manchester. And I am an editor and a writer.
0: Wow. And also I heard a podcaster.
1: And a podcaster. Yeah, technically. <laughs> um, I forget that we can say that now because this has been an, this has been in plans for a little while, but it only launched a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. well, last week, actually, it was only last week that we launched it. So yes, um, I'm yeah. the podcaster um, for, for the magazine as well, which is really exciting. Um, it's a great next step for us. Well, what's sort of your background then? Is it in writing or? It's a little bit of a mix, really. So um, I did geography and French at uni, which doesn't tell you much, except that I'm indecisive. <laughs> So, <laughs> but it was there that I found the student radio and just completely fell in love with it. I've always been a big fan of music and talking about music is something that kind of came to me in my kind of university days as it did for all of us in the team. So we all met at Newcastle uni, um, yeah. which is really cool. And it's just been, it's just kind of blossomed from there really. So I did a lot of broadcasting things and that's ultimately where I think I'd like to end up is the kind of music specialist programming in on radio. But writing about music is such a different outlet from that, and it's something that I really enjoy. So most of my yeah. writing has been with the Rodeo, actually, since we began in 2018. So uh, it's been quite a journey, yeah. You already began in 2018? hmm And there's 14 issues already,
0: that is. some, serious. Yeah, we don't hang about. No. <laughs> we
1: don't hang about. I'm it it's 2018. That was definitely when our first official one came. I brought them with me here, just in case I got that wrong. But I remember that I was... Yeah. I was technically in France when the first one came out so that would have been 2018 and yeah yeah because at the time Johnny was put, Johnny, Johnny's our editor-in-chief yeah. and he was putting it together he wanted to put something different and unique and just celebrate new music and he got in touch with me who I was on my year abroad at the mm. time and um, he said that they were putting this together would I be up for putting something in just a little album review or a gig review or something and I was like yeah sure why not and that's kind of where it started and yeah now we're however many pages and 14 issues in and we are still going so (laughs) (laughs) it's the beginning hopefully.
0: How how are the team feeling are they like you know is it going well do they feel like it's getting momentum and or was
1: it yeah i think that um we're definitely ready to take it further now as well so i think that the last couple of years has been difficult for obvious reasons so yeah, yeah um getting printing and funding has been challenging when a lot of our um advertising comes from like music venues and labels and stuff so mm. obviously the hit that they took um during the pandemic meant that we took a hit as well so i think coming yeah. out of that we're really ready to to propel it forward as far as we can with distribution and this next step with the podcast and partnering with festivals and things so I think the momentum is starting to kick in a lot more now and we've got yeah. we have all kind of settled into our jobs as well so obviously a lot of this was done when we were still at uni which was interesting <laughs> um a lot of late nights but, it hey it but again it's it's a little bit because, because, but, <laughs> yeah. um it's such a passion project that we're just so happy to do it, and it's good that we've all got um, the time to really give it what it needs now and the yeah. contacts as well to make that happen. So definitely good things to come. We are far from finished, yeah. <laughs> oh, of
0: course, yeah. I mean, it sounds exciting. And How big is that team at the moment then?
1: So um, at the top of like the admins, there's four of us. So there's Johnny Rogerson, who's the editor-in-chief, uh, Nick Iken, who's the deputy editor. Then we've got Seb Ward, who's the creative director, who makes it look absolutely stunning and there's me who's recently I've just recently moved up into the kind of top tier of of all that so I'm (laughs) one of the editors with Nick as well which is really exciting and then behind us we've got TG Foster and uh, Jack Gill who are our online editors they do a great job keeping all of our content up and running they do a lot of our print magazine writing as well And then we have this amazing team of voluntary writers. We're all voluntary I should say but we have an amazing team of writers and photographers who give us their time over and over again just producing this amazing content. So it's just based on passion really and and just drive to make something exciting and to celebrate this music. So I say all in all there's maybe about 20 30 of us that are wow. kind of like writing and, and writing producing and maybe not all at one time for every issue not all of the writers write for the print max yeah and just do online stuff say. but yeah yeah so i think because obviously because we're not um offering any pay at the minute it's just based on what people can give us so if people say listen I've got like deadlines to hit we say yeah no problem just come back to us whenever you're ready so we've had a few people kind of go away and come back and um equally we have a few new writers that have just joined us who are really keen to get in on the project so um it's got it's a lovely circle of people yeah it's really cool team yeah it seems like a bit of a family in a way and that's totally yeah absolutely kind of nice
0: and you're staying in touch as well since university it must be kind of a
1: weird thing well it's it's actually strange so I only really knew Johnny so Johnny's a yeah. geography at French so he and I knew each other through classes and through the radio and he met Nick and Seb I think through radio as well but I kind of hadn't I wasn't quite in that circle so I didn't really meet Nick and Seb until afterwards I don't think I've actually ever met Seb in person which feels <laughs> crazy um and it wasn't yeah. until fourth year of uni so we'd been going for about two and a half years at that point wow. and by that point Nick had left and so had Seb and Johnny so I was coming back for my final year because of the year abroad so yeah. it was a little bit of a yeah like a shift. Um, so I came back yeah a bit of a shift and it, it wasn't until a Halloween party in in Jesmond in Newcastle that Nick and I met by accident <laughs> so we found out that um we were organizing like, oh who can schedule this can anybody put that together last minute and I was like oh sorry I've got a party Uh, this was for Halloween and Nick goes oh sorry I'm actually at a party too and I suddenly stop and I go hang on I'm sure I saw his name on a guest list so I messaged him and I was like are you going to this address tonight and he goes yeah are you at that party too I'm like yeah oh my god so (laughs) we only met dressed up in like Halloween costumes for the first time having worked together for a couple of years already so do you remember the costumes um, yeah I was oh god I was dressed as Ariel from Little (laughs) Mermaids and um what was Nick he might have just been some kind of generic Halloween y kind of bloody serial killery vibe. I don't yeah. remember. Oh my God, I might get that wrong. He might have done some really cool cult character <laughs> that I wouldn't have got the reference to. He's that kind of clever guy. So Killing the content. I yeah, I know. Sorry. Man. Nah. <laughs> Um, But that was really cool. And then we've got writers all over. So a lot of us are based in Manchester. I'm up in Glasgow. A lot of writers are in London. So it's kind of hard. We'd love to get everyone together and have a big night out. But hopefully down the line, we'll have a big gig that we could maybe organise with everyone there. But at the minute, it's all just Zoom meetings and Slack calls. So
0: (laughs) it's crazy, though, the evolution, you know, as, as even my pack of friends from university. And as we grow up, it, it's weird, you know, you see everyone's evolution as as professional people, and it, I don't know, I feel like you, you gain a lot, of experience, a lot of experience together, but also... 100%. E- everything feeds back in, I guess.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you put out what you get back as well, so um, it's funny yeah. that a lot of us have ended up veering away from what we studied at uni as well, so um, yeah. none of... Neither me nor Johnny did media journalism. I don't believe Nick did. I think he did, like, politics or something. Um, yeah. He both of both of those guys now work in pr for music labels and stuff so we've all kind of veered into that i'm now working for better media so like we've all kind of gone down the we found our passion at uni but not through our subjects which i think is really promising and that's obviously a really privileged thing to have but um yeah it's really cool to see that evolution what people have stumbled into and what they've made happen and stuff yeah Yeah. we're all very ambitious people so we make things happen. <laughs> it's someone to look back
0: on as a group, isn't it? And it's, you, just, yeah. you must feel proud.
1: Hugely proud. I think I think every issue that we put out, we get more and more proud of what we're creating. And that's what we hope for anyways, to always develop and to progress. But I personally feel so proud, not only to be part of something so exciting, but to be part of something that I really believe in. I think that not everyone gets that as well. So I think yeah. that's a, a really wonderful part of this project is we we all believe in it so so much that we want to put everything we've got into it and the results show because we have this incredible product and some amazing interviews that we've had some even
0: yeah these
1: wacky feature pieces that no one else can explain (laughs) and it just I think we're all really proud of it yeah Yeah. it's um it's a wonderful thing to be part of
0: I guess as a as a team you have that consistency because you use the same people you work with the same people. Uh, do, do you feel like from issue one, you know, I've never seen issue one. Could you describe kind of its evolution from from one to, oh, you've got it right there.
1: So our listeners won't be able to see this, but um, this is issue one, which as you can see wow. is beautiful in its kind of primary stage, but yeah. not nearly what we've produced now. There are approximately god there must be about 30 pages in here like not much yeah yeah. big bold colors really cool really interesting but you know very much a a debut project and then watching that evolve into this like heavy beautifully printed you know 100 page magazine of just incredible content it's insane to watch and it's kind of unbelievable to think that we've we've just made this happen in the last four years and that none of that's from anyone else it's just our passion for like i say just making something new and something different it's um it's been an incredible evolution actually because
0: there's there's many things to touch upon like the amount of connections you build over time and you have that relationship with the labels to get the content and and the people you want to interview but there's also the visual culture behind the magazine and how that's evolved clearly from from seeing that Mm -hmm. it looks very like euro style fonts and and yeah. It, they're bold the bold colours, like you say, and to this sophisticated, you know, orderly design that just, you know, clearly highlights that beautiful like British culture, mag- you know, music and print culture so beautifully mm-hmm. now in issue fourteen. That's at least what I felt Thank from you. from seeing that, you know, latest issue. But it it's it's such a crazy transformation that I guess. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, from from seeing it on the shelves, you know, where, where was it first stocked? Did it begin, like, in universities?
1: It was first stocked in a, a little shop in Manchester, I believe. Um, oh. And we now are stocked internationally, which is just insane. So I'm working up here and trying to get us in some shops in Glasgow because I yeah. think that we would do really well here. The music scene's just amazing up in Glasgow um, we've got loads down in, in London. We've got a whole hub in Manchester. Yeah, I think there's a couple in like Bristol, I think. Let me, I've got the list here as well. Um, not Bristol, sorry, Brighton, oh, um, right. Sheffield, Leeds. And then we're international in Amsterdam, LA, Stockholm, and most recently in Taiwan. So Taiwan, wow. Taiwan, I know. It's just, we saw it somewhere. I think Seb found it, um, found that it was officially up. And it's it's going for like a crazy amount just because of like the shipping and stuff like that. But it's it's there and it's now in Asia. So <laughs> like, I guess <laughs> we're next. It's it's the love, I guess, of the the East love,
0: you know, British music, and mm, us, vice, yeah. vice versa. So
1: well, exactly. Let we look at the popularity of things like K-pop at the minute, yeah. I mean, how how much that shot up in the last few years. So I guess I would love to know what they think of our kind of content and what they think of our yeah. British like punk culture and stuff I, it must be so different yeah so different
0: but also that it's a diverse sort of culture isn't it where where you feel like oh this is this is great music but then you discover something completely different mm. and you go, yeah 100%. I think there's you know from orchestra music I think classical is massive there you know film scores really film scores are so big and electronic music as well but I haven't listened to it anything from there in a while. Just Gosh, generally. I must
1: give it a look. I think that'd be really cool. I'd love a. I like big like epic sound scores and stuff like that. I think that would be really cool to to explore what they've got there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And of course, you're in a Paper Cup Shop in Stockholm, which I saw, which is my neighbor. Na- yes. My neighbor. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, so close yet so far.
1: Well, our next one must be Finland, so I'll make sure and put a good word in and see if we can get you out there. So you need to be able I to would. hold this bad boy because it could uh, could kill a man, the weight it is now. So.
0: <laughs> it's not an Argos catalogue, though, is it? Let's be honest.
1: No, we, and we don't recommend it for that purpose, I must say. But, you know, if you need to prop a door open, it might do the job. Uh, yeah. Please treat our magazines nicely. I don't know why I'm saying that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like you know, going back to it, when it was sort of released, how how often were they released? Was it like every couple of months? Uh, what, what was the turnaround? In the
1: beginning. In the beginning, I think we were really trying to do it quarterly.
0: Yeah. I think
1: that was realistically. And then for a while, I think it was even bi-monthly. I think we were really trying to wow. push it out as much as we could. And then we really wanted to focus on the quality over the quantity. So we really yeah. wanted to put everything we had into creating something we were really proud of. And that was maybe from about issue five, I think we wanted yeah. to really that's when we got this kind of lovely matte finish on the magazine. And we started putting out more and more pages. So more and more content we were trying to focus on. But then at the same time we, we had a lot going out on, on our online platform. And so yeah. we were, were kind of struggling to to write strike that balance between what we wanted to go out online and what we wanted to really put into the magazine like yeah. physically. So We started doing it quarterly um, in about 2019, 20. Right. Then the the pandemic hit and um, things went a little bit sour. So I think we did a good job of keeping up with it. We definitely, we still put stuff out over the lockdown, um, albeit without, you know, not without its challenges. But um, so for that, I think we maybe did two a year for like a year or so. And now we're back to trying to really hit that kind of quarterly mark. So Hopefully, maybe like a seasonal thing would be cool. Be really, really we might cool. Play around with that, yeah.
0: This episode is sponsored by me, Stuart Williams, the host of Overleaf Podcast. That means it's not sponsored at all. I just want to tell you about a few things. I thought I'd take a moment to tell you about the back issue club. Finding back issues are hard, especially if you're trying to find that number one of a magazine you've been looking for for years. So I think I found the solution. It's a brand new Facebook group for magazine collectors who would like to buy or sell back issues. As a collector myself, this would be a great opportunity to fill any gaps in the collection and even discover new publications for yourself. Simply visit Overleaf on Facebook to join the group today. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out via social media. You can get me on, on the Overleaf on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and Overleaf on TikTok. It'll be great to hear from you. Don't forget to also check out our blog. You can find it at ontheoverleaf.com. That's O-N-T-H-E-O-V-E-R-L-E-A-F.com. Just a reminder that Overleaf is fully independent. There's no company, big business, or any big publisher behind this. It's just me. If you'd like to donate, please go to the website and follow the donate button. It's run by Buy Me A Coffee. So for only £3, you can support a fully independent blog and podcast, and it would make such a huge difference. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, yeah. and obviously that quality, you know, a quarterly is a lot faster, isn't it? And you've got to work to, I guess, faster deadlines. How do you go about curating the content, and how do you go about picking who you want to interview, I guess?
1: So Johnny's really good at keeping an eye on who's um, up and coming. We all have great ideas of who we like and our, our tastes overlap, but they all uh, also have the little different
0: you know, <laughs> yeah. side
1: tangents. So we're all we'll quite good at finding people that we think, oh, you, has anyone heard these guys? Because they're doing something really strange or this person's amazing. I've heard them recently and let's, I saw them at a gig once and they were supporting this person and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. um,
0: yeah.
1: And equally we've got some really cool, like you mentioned the connections with the PR agencies and Mm -hmm. stuff as well. And they've been amazing with coming at us with these amazing singles that are coming out regularly. And we're very good at keeping an eye on them for things like our weekly roundup, which goes out online and we pick the best tracks from the last week. Um, So that's how we get a lot of the new music coming to us. But then obviously with, Nick and Johnny both working in PR at the minute we've got such a great eye on the ball um so we'll always come with our different ideas and each of us might propose a few to get to get interviewed and we're quite easy going we're quite easy with the style We, we tend to focus on the new up and up and coming artists but um yeah. especially within the alternative scene but then if there's you know recently we spoke with the war on drugs and sunflower bean who have been around for a little while and yeah but because they have a new album coming out that's a really cool angle to focus on something new and something exciting is that a new take is that a new sound what's coming next yeah and all of that kind of stuff so i think at the forefront is just we want to celebrate new music whether that's a new album or a new artist or a new sound and the routes that we find them, I don't have a straight answer. Sometimes it just kind of comes to you. It could be a Facebook ad that pops somewhere. They do work, you know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I hate to admit it, but sometimes it works. (laughs) And um, it's funny the little avenues that you find.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned war on drugs. I think, you know, they're American, right? And yes, also your focus, I think, is British from what I read on the actual magazine. So it's kind of like this diverse feed in, isn't it? It could be whoever you are sort of feeling like that would be a nice fit for that issue, right? I guess.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we, um we do like to focus on to promote British scenes and to support British like subcultures, especially things like punk and the kind of rock yeah. scenes. We're all quite interested in that, but then Sunflower being from New York. Um, I don't remember. I think War on Drugs is based in LA. So mm. we have a few ba- bands from across the Atlantic and a couple that we've spoken that are maybe German or from somewhere else in Europe. And, again it's just whatever we think fits and what what fits the sound who's doing something different who can we what angle can we take to to speak about something within the music industry I think as well the kind of wider look at yeah. how music is shifting as well is really interesting for us
0: And I guess especially as the pandemic sort of evolved and that domino effect like you mentioned that impacted mm. the print industry and impacted the music in every industry but yeah <laughs> um, how how did you bounce back how how was the uh, overall sort of the feel obviously you're going to upgrade to quarterly but how did you bounce back I guess emotionally as a team but also as a, as a you know collective
1: well I think if there's one thing that didn't go away in the pandemic it was just our love for music and I think yeah. that that's something that people rely on a lot for whatever they go through um so we tried to just take inspiration from what we were all going through. And we, we looked at content that focused on how the industry was supporting itself. And um, that's very evident in volume 14. We talk a lot about how different organizations, different venues and bands were supporting their teams and their, you know, surrounding music environments through this difficult time. And I think that that was yeah. something we wanted to, to touch on and celebrate. And emotionally, I think that you kind of just keep going and <laughs> yeah. um yeah you Up know to. I think we we, su- we support each other the best way we can so for a lot of us we were we were all struggling I know that I was living alone for a lot of it and so there was I took a little bit of a step back at one point because I was just like yeah. I don't I can I want to be part of it I want to do this but we can't go at the same speed that we've been going before now because it's just none of us can really cope with it at the minute so yeah we all found our separate ways of of getting through it but then as a team it was we always want it to be something we enjoy, we always want it to be something that's fun for the writers and for the photographers and on our end in the kind of editing and the proofreading side of things that has to be really clean so if it means that we take a little bit more time to put a magazine out like we did so we put maybe just two out a year if that's what it takes and that's we do not only to look after the magazine but to look after the people behind the magazine so we're thing. a little family like you say so um we we find our own ways of bouncing back and if that's taking inspiration from the the adversity that's happened or if it's just yeah focusing on what's ahead then sometimes <laughs> a little bit of a give and take a little bit of balance but it's been yeah. I think coming out of it we've seen that it's definitely something we don't want to lose we didn't want to you know reduce how many magazines we're putting out a year and we wanted yeah. to find a way to to make it that so that we can put out as many as we can as best we can so these things like looking at marketing and partnering with new festivals and our outreach I think is improving and that's something that's because we can do that now well like, okay. Well, let's go let's go let's do this and let's speak to these people who's doing something different who can we join up with who can we join yeah, yeah. forces with how can we come back better than ever so yeah it's like journey a, definitely
0: <laughs> it's like a renewed confidence I think it sounds like I guess it's like a boost that you all needed maybe
1: yes yeah, I think that we've come out just keen to show them what we've got and to, to yeah. say, well, if everyone's had to go through the same thing, everyone's going to find their own way of coming out of this. So yeah. how can we do it our way? How can we celebrate music and celebrate ourselves as well? We're all so proud of this. We're so proud of this project. And we've got new merch. We've got a new T-shirt that's come out. And we're going to try and put that in different places. And it's we're getting creative with it. But where, yeah.
0: where can people find the merch? Is it on the, on the website? <laughs>
1: It's on our website, yes. Yeah. So if you go to the shop um, on our website, you can find all the print magazines, but also our tote bags, which are really cool. They've got like a circular design that Seb came up with that says, not my first rodeo. That was our OG. Ooh, like and uh, most recently, we've got a beautiful t-shirt that says, keep it cool, cowboy. So <laughs> um, very on brand. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. find it on our website.
0: It's that Wild that wild West theme again, isn't it? And it yeah. It's fun <laughs> I I it can not go wrong with it. I know, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, that's fun. That's fun for
1: <laughs> not- that it because we like a bit of a country spin but we don't focus on country no. music so <laughs> it's um it just sets us apart a little bit we all it's a bit of fun it's a different aesthetic and um yeah. it works I think it works it does it does If you feel like you know
0: going to that rodeo going to the first rodeo and it, it, it is it's describing a gig describing an event or you mm. know it, or experience I guess
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that it's um, it started off just with a love of the aesthetic and we find more and more, more ways to make it work for us. And it's part yeah. of our humour as well, which is a little bit silly and tongue-in-cheek. And it contrasts with this really sophisticated writing style that we have in our interviews and then yeah. complete contrast with these silly little feature pieces that just work because we like it and we think it goes in. And the brand has evolved a lot. I think we're all quite conscious yeah. of how we want to put ourselves, especially in this kind of outreach now, how do we want to be seen? How do we want to put ourselves out there? So it's um, it's constantly changing. We're always up for new ideas as well. Yeah,
0: you're sort of honing your, your tone of voice and, and everything, mm-hmm. becoming more consistent. It, it feels like coming out of lockdown, it's become way more positive and way more, I don't know, future forward.
1: If I yeah, think. I think that we're always trying to look to the future with um you know who's coming next, what sounds coming next and yeah, exactly. who's trying to do something different and there can be a little bit of reflection in there as well looking how
0: mm. bands
1: have developed and how sounds have been um have progressed as well. So I think that we yeah. love to look forward it the next big thing and it's really cool to see some of the artists and bands that we've spoken with now going really big and hearing them on yeah. radio one as i'm doing yeah. my other job and it's it's amazing to think that oh we spotted them first we knew that they were going to be big <laughs> we knew they were going to be kids
0: so <laughs> like finger on the pulse is just yeah absolutely
1: one step ahead of the game <laughs> I, know, I know it
0: helps when it's also your job doesn't it it's like yeah. <laughs> it's a passion project for me i love i love discovering the next big thing as well but you know these magazines they they help do the job for you as well because there's a lot of artists that i haven't even heard of in the rodeo it's
1: overwhelming it's overwhelming sometimes you can get a little bit i can get a little bit blown away by it but thinking, there's so much music and i've only got so much time in the day <laughs> so i think we all end up in these little like in like uh, six Spotify wormholes yeah it's just six years <laughs> like, like different stereos different music, needed all at once i oh, no. um, you know we all end up these little rabbit holes through um through spotify these suggested playlists and suggested artists if you like these guys you might like them and you go do you know what i might yeah oh, let's do it let's go now. never and then ended. it's two o'clock in the morning and you haven't slept and it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, that's, that's the joy of it though isn't it i think if you love music yeah. as well and you the, the rodeo is obviously bringing that to the forefront 'Cause all, mm. all of you have that collective love. But I, I guess yeah. go back to, you know, Glasgow, Manchester and all those places. Have you got a favorite venue?
1: <laughs> oh, I think to I haven't seen a gig in, in Manchester, so I'm the wrong person to ask for there. I know that they're a big fan of yes um and soup oh, yeah. kitchen and a couple of Super those kitchen, so yeah,
0: yeah, heard about that one. yeah
1: so those are the ones I kind of read about a lot just from proofing other people's pieces yeah but in Glasgow whew, where to begin there's <laughs> um there's a really cool one called stereo which is like a tiny little it's actually like a little restaurant and bar but you've got this little underground it's like a little cave and it's just really low ceilings it's like a typical up-and-coming venue for like they're not trying to be anything great. They're just trying to put a stage on for someone to go and play their music, and that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, is it
0: like a sweat, a sweat pit kind of thing, is
1: it? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's dark Knew and dingy. <laughs> I saw um I saw Let's Eat Grandma there a few years oh, ago. Oh, great. Don't you know them? Yeah, and it's two, just, two, two, Oh, two. it was just mental. It was just a little bit insane and um sweaty and dark, and everyone was loving it. Oh. Um And then by contrast, you've got places like St. Luke's, which is an old converted church, and the acoustics in there awesome. are just amazing because you've got these really high ceilings and this amazing kind of old woodwork beams and really overpriced beer. And, you know, this, this <laughs> is a really... It's, part of it, it's, um, part of the furniture. beautiful space and such a contrast. And um, yeah. there's the iconic Barrowlands as well, which is like an old ballroom. Yeah. And um, there's an endless... I'm constantly trying to explore them as well. Having moved back recently, I'm trying to yeah. spot where's cool. And there's, a, there's one down the road that I haven't been to for a long time called the glad cafe and they're just yeah. a lovely little cafe that we discovered as a family we liked the the cakes and we used to go back on a saturday afternoon Aww. and now i'm learning that they've got like lizzie Reed's going to be playing there next month which is really exciting so she's a great mm-hmm. glasgow artist that i've been kind of keeping an eye on and there's a lot that i'd like to explore as well but um we could talk about it for days that's so that's not yeah, one yeah. venue but that's a few <laughs> <laughs> i feel
0: i feel like there's so much choice now and maybe coming out of lockdown with obviously the venue struggled a lot maybe mm-hmm. there's there's more to come from them and everything comes back to normal and in, in that you know I say normal sure but um I guess Manchester have reasonably got back to normal I think and Glasgow and Edinburgh that, London yeah, yeah London
1: especially I think Glasgow's a little bit behind because in Scotland the restrictions are different so we're always a few weeks behind everyone else so we still have to wear uh, masks yeah. legally at the minute. I think that's changing soon, but yeah. Um, but then you get into these spaces, and it's like nothing's changed. So I went to a gig yeah. in the Academy in November to see London Grammar which was amazing and it was strange because you've got all these amazing like people just dancing that nothing's ever changed everything's it's like a little happy place for everyone that goes in there because it's just like it's back to normal we're back we've got a gig and everyone's enjoying themselves and you can tell how much the artists are enjoying it as well because they're just back to doing what they love best and then you step back outside and it's like oh no masks in the taxi and do we speak I don't know what's going on no money please (laughs) just card contact us only so I think that oh. we're just about getting back to normal back here. But then places like Manchester have been back open for a little while, which is really cool. And yeah. everyone's just so excited to get back into it. I mean, the atmosphere is just amazing now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like, like you say, it's like a different world, isn't it? Like contrast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Step outside and it, it changes completely. I'm seeing like festivals and stuff popping up and pe- people doing yeah. one-, one day is and I'm like, nothing's changed. Yeah, exactly like what you
1: said. Yeah. Absolutely. We um we partnered with Fair Playfest in Manchester last week at the time of recording. And it was a yeah. brand new festival. So it was a debut and they were celebrating new artists, but also celebrating all the independent venues that they had, which is something that we are really keen to support, obviously.
0: Yeah. And
1: it was amazing. So we spoke with quite a few of the artists playing there and everyone said the same thing, which is just how excited they are to get back to it. And festivals yeah. like that are such a great way of promoting not only the, the artists themselves, but the scenes and the communities and the culture of going to gigs and celebrating live music. I think it's just such a special part of the industry. And it's yeah. been so wonderful to see that come back.
0: Yeah, and I guess the publication is is going to fit right in there as well if you can get into those venues and, like you say, spaces, mm-hmm. etc., get Get them in there or the cafe you love. I'm, I'm sure that yeah. it's the right... we had a little
1: stand at one of the... At one of the venues at Fair Place, so the boys were there with the the magazine and the tote bags, and someone was wearing the t shirt, and that was I the first the time we've been able to really do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They looked so like awkward. <laughs> someone smile, smile. <laughs> Come on, one job. We got to be face to face, with all there are people oh. that are meeting us as well, and that was new because you know yeah. a couple of years ago when the pandemic hit, that's when we were starting to get in our stride really. So we kind of had to put that on hold, and we couldn't put all of our merch. In, yeah. in person we couldn't go to gigs and say here's our magazine come and have a chat who are you excited to see tonight um because we're it. getting to do that now and it's again it's that exciting that newfound confidence that you mentioned to go out and say we're here come and find yeah. us come and have a chat yeah. and um and hopefully meet some really cool people along the way
0: yeah and build that build that audience which i think is is so avidly into music as well as you guys uh, yeah. or you all so it feels like it's just a no-brainer isn't it especially when you've got Always Upcoming Artists and Independent Venues. I guess at the time when you started in 2018, what other publications were there or, or what did you read at the time? Do you remember?
1: So it's hard. I think that at the time there was the big ones. So you had NME, you had The Clash, you had mm. Rolling Stone from the States. And I always I've always found that music magazines are either those big ones or they're kind of not there. So they're these little ones that you find and obviously keen readers and keen music fans will find them and that's the beauty of it. Some of them start off as blogs as we did, technically. I think we were just a blog for a little while. And yeah. um, so I think for us, there was a real gap. There was really something missing for us in terms of not only something to p- promote these artists, but something that was enjoyable to read, something very different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that was difficult to find. And I think that we wanted to have a tone of voice that stood out that was a little bit tongue in cheek that we just said what we wanted and we would write silly feature pieces because (laughs) it was fun to read. We want to write what we want to read, you know? And yes,
0: you're the audience as well.
1: That's what makes us successful. Well, exactly. I mean, I think that's the key to any, any piece of writing is you should be, or any piece of art, any piece of broadcasting, any piece of music, any, anything, you should be creating what you yourself would want to, would want to read or consume. And that's, how you know you're going to attract the right people for your for your magazine or for example so um yeah. yeah i think we just wanted to create something that we weren't seeing and i'm so glad that we did because it's just grown into this beautiful little project and i think that the response that we get is that people enjoy that kind of writing people enjoy that kind of tone of voice and yeah. although we definitely have that consistency now each of our writers brings their own little little taste everyone has their own little quirks and jokes and that's the phrases theme. they come back to. And, and that's the beauty of it, exactly. It's kind of collaborative yeah. project. So finding new writers as well with maybe a, a very different, different tone and they adapt that to, to our pieces and our kind of style and watching them yeah. maybe play around with that as well. We have some writers that just want to get into it and maybe don't have a lot of experience and we give yeah. them one of our craziest album reviews and say, hey, do what you can. Here's a CP, go and write about it and come back to me. And they come back with like an essay. And I'm like, no, do you want to read that? Do you want, no, you want to be fun. Let's have some fun with it. Write a joke in there. Call someone a dickhead. I don't (laughs) care. Like, you know, it's fine. Be polite, but you know, be expressive. And we'll never say a bad thing about it. Absolutely. We just want people to be expressive and to be themselves. And I think that's a beauty, certainly because I'll, I'm one of the proofreaders for the final issue. So before it goes out, I'll read it seven times and you get such a sense of each person's personality. And watching that develop as well over the last few years has been really cool to watch because people feel more comfortable in their own writings. Myself included, feel more confident in how I write and how I want to come across as how I'll I'll be different depending on the piece and depending on who I'm speaking with and the the subject matter and getting getting to play with that while having that consistency. Yeah, is now becoming easier I think um, which is really cool to watch.
0: So you've got that that sort of house style which you've mentioned and you've got all these different individual you know expressions coming in how do you go about sort of narrowing that down do you feel like you have a lot of pieces which don't don't make the cut or everything is just you know laid out you've got this as the feature and then you've got you know minor pieces mm-hmm. around that?
1: Yeah I think um I think it's a bit of both. There's definitely been times where we've had some pieces in the bank and and gone, I don't think it fits in this issue. I think we should mm. save it for a later issue. And sometimes it does get put in. Sometimes the moment's just not right and it gets written, but you know maybe it doesn't get published. Or another way around that is putting it online instead of in the magazine. So the online's a bit more, a bit freer. We can kind of put yeah. out things and not worry about if it's fitting with the other pieces that have gone out at the same time. Whereas I think more recently, we're trying to focus on certainly with each artist in the magazine who is going in the who's the cover stars who's going to be around that and then more generally what pieces can we fit in either loosely or just generally there's always a kind of theme to it johnny's really good at figuring that out and curating what pieces fit where and how he thinks each style should go um but then also we're quite open to sometimes it can surprise you it can surprise you someone has an idea for something they've yeah maybe read about or experienced and thinks I think this would be a really cool thing to write about I think I can speak to this person about this venue that they um are opening or this event that happened last week that ties in with something that happened 80 years ago you know that (laughs) people can be really clever with how they how they approach their pieces and that can make for a really interesting read and we're always happy to take a risk we're always happy to let someone write it and then we'll read it and go do you know what I love it this doesn't quite work so let's lift that section let's reshuffle that let's put it here in the magazine and then it's something that none of us had thought of so we're always encouraging yeah. our, re- our writers to come to us with ideas as well so it makes for a really exciting issue each time because yeah, you yeah. never quite know what's going to come from that um, oh, of course but it's great to watch yeah
0: yeah I feel like it, it develops over time as well doesn't it and- like you say, you, you've got that family, but are you always on the lookout for a, a different voice and new, new people? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we quite often get emails from people saying that they've read our stuff and they'd like to give it a go and they'll oh, write awesome. something for us. And um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. I think that it depends on how set they are on their own style. Are they happy to adapt? Are they happy to take some yeah. constructive feedback? Not It's never that their writing style is bad. It maybe just doesn't fit in with what we do. Um, it's part of it's learning, too long. isn't it? Absolutely, and we, we like to keep our All pieces part. fairly short. I think with our, um, certainly with our album reviews, are quite punctual, so they're never more than about three hundred words. Yeah, um, I noticed
0: they're quite quite sharp and, and witty, and I, I really like the the sort of the layout there and how engaging that was.
1: Thank you. Okay. Yeah, but that was really something that we wanted to focus on because we think that a lot of the times the album reviews that we've read can be too long, too oh, critical, yeah. too analytical, whereas if we can, if we can compare an album review to a drive we took to Tesco, then we'll write it. You know, like it can yeah. be that simple, and it can be that <laughs> silly, and it can still get the message across. It can still be a celebration of a piece of work, but done in a different way. But we're always looking for new writers and photographers as well to to come to us with a fresh idea or a fresh story and. It could be they write a couple of pieces for us and then we keep them around and they and do whatever or they become a, a regular collaborator, which is really exciting. So how how would they find you? They can find us just by emailing us. Um, so you can find the contact page on our website, the Um, You can email the um, just office at therodeomag.com. That's our basic one um, or any yeah. of the main editors. So me, Nick, Johnny, Seb as well um i'm more than happy to to read what anyone has to offer it's uh, yeah. the hope that's the beauty of it we wouldn't want it we'd never want to stay stagnant so
0: yeah i hope there's anybody in, like writers out there that are well, willing to take a risk and you sound like a oh please do yeah we're a friendly team. bunch
1: we're a friendly bunch um we'll always be happy to to read something different so yeah send it over
0: yeah i mean that's the best part of it isn't it meeting new people um issue 14 the big the big mm-hmm. one the latest one how was it you know you got yard act as the cover story the mm. the fastest selling debut album in was it in decades on vinyl yeah wasn't it like the overload i think is the album isn't it that's the one yeah 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 it's such a good record i i feel how did you uh, go about that was it was it sort of a case of right these guys are doing great like the eps and singles are hitting the mark of the audiences is that how you discovered them, and then you thought this this was the right, the right people for the the cover?
1: Yeah, I think they'd been on our radar for a little while. We liked their singles that had come out. Again, um, they'd come they'd come our way through different yeah. different routes. I think maybe a couple of us had found them separately and then come together. And uh, we knew they had an album coming out, so we got a chance to listen to that ahead of time. And yeah. we just we just felt like they had the right tone of voice to talk with to talk to as well I think that they seem like really interesting people and that's always something we look we look for very very down to earth and uh, their music is so it's so cool it's just a great (laughs) sound and I think that apart from anything we have to enjoy the music that we're promoting yeah so if we can be excited about it then we hope that what we write can make someone else excited about it as well so when we we're looking at the cover stars Johnny's tends to be the one that kind of knows who he wants and will do the emailing yeah. and things but
0: that theme you mentioned. I
1: think that yeah I think they've just been on our radar and we knew that they had an LP coming out we knew it was going to do well and the community around them as well is really cool so they fit into that lovely subculture yeah. of um the kind of punk scene and being quite expressive and loud and a bit wacky and <laughs> it just fits I think it's just again we like to do something different each issue so we never want to stay the same and while it might be that we focus on alternative artists we like to think that there's a, a range within that as well so we had a dual cover star we had Sunflower being with the other cover stars as well who are maybe yeah they're based in New York and they have a very different kind of rocky sound and so it could be that we have readers that are maybe more interested in their kind of music and in doing that, they'll still read the Yard Act interview, we hope, um, and <laughs> yeah. discover someone else or discover a, a new kind of culture in, in UK music as well. So we always like to have a little bit for everyone without being too specialist, if that makes sense.
0: I like how the team always go to the gigs as well. and I saw like, the Sunflower yeah. being gig on Instagram I was like we never
1: miss a gig if we possibly can it's um (laughs) it's it's our happy place definitely yeah
0: yeah I, I guess when you actually meet the artist though to chat with them is it is it over like zoom like this or is it in person most of the time at the moment
1: most of the time it's over zoom or phone call and yeah. um, we have we have had the, the chance to meet in person a few times which is great and hopefully coming coming out of the lockdowns we can do that more because you get such a better yeah. sense of the person when you're in the room with them so we, you can sit down on a couch and um and really kind of bounce off each other with body language and with jokes and what's what's happening around you as well you know yeah as well as talking about the music, we always like to feed into what's happening at time of the call as well. So this, you'll read oh, that yeah. sometimes someone comments on what happened in the Zoom call or what someone's wearing or what you see in the background. And that makes it that makes it more interesting as well because yeah. it really puts you in the conversation with the artist and with the writer so you never want to yeah. be sitting on the sidelines I don't think you always want to be in the conversation when you're reading it or when you're listening to it percent. so that's something we're trying to try and do better as well so yeah. the more we can get in the room with someone the better but 100%, you know, logistics yeah. it's like a different <laughs> yeah, logistics and time and if someone wants to fly me out to the states that's fine but I mean our budget's <laughs> limited <laughs> you never
0: know what the future holds though it's
1: Hey, fingers crossed, you
0: know. I know, like the, getting them in, you know, the studio, and when they're in the town, it's su- such an important thing. And I, I think it's a, such an important um, thing that you mentioned around being engaged in a conversation, because I was, uh, I also do professional writing for music journals. That's how I, mm. I sort of started my writing, and I and I did a piece uh, for, uh, for House of Solo, I believe, for um, for them, and it was based on what? Oh? do you know the electronic artist that is scottish no i don't he's actually based in glasgow oh i had a chat with him he's actually he had a he had like a and what was it called like just an event i guess with sophie alex Beck's the other day and that was such a massive thing for him and i'm so so proud of him he's such a lovely guy and yeah this electronic producer oh and he basically was he was sat in his room and behind him was a like a, a bobblehead for Paul McCartney. <laughs> you know, and this Fantastic. piano, this traditional piano and he's got that, and he's got like a, a gig poster behind him of a few, you know, a, a few of us that he's played Maybe mm-hmm. I think back in the day, Edinburgh and Glasgow. And it was such an important thing and I started off with that, you know, in the piece and I, I went into the fact, it was a bobblehead yes. of Paul McCartney and um, but that, that sort of sets a, the tone for it because there's a person. It sets the
1: scene as well. Yeah, you get a better sense of who the artist is as well. You want you want to put them across as a person as well. You want yeah. to be able to feel what they're like. Um, you're totally right, and I love it when a piece starts with that. Something a little bit different. You're not expecting. Um, oh, no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's it's so important that th- these people are sort of you take them out of the music because obviously music art is a job but it's also that passion as well isn't it and mm-hmm. it, it's what feeds into that passion as well and how they started you know what maybe that in his case he he got a he got a keyboard from from his parents when he was young and that's how he started producing in his mm. room for example and you, you hear a lot of those stories along the way don't you about how they how they sort of their upbringing and how they got to where they have been I guess it's kind of an interesting yeah. thing, isn't it? Just meeting all the new people. Absolutely,
1: we had um we had an interview. Uh, I think it was volume thirteen with the Japanese breakfast. Yeah. Um. So she was one, She was our cover star alongside the War on Drugs, and that was one of my favorite issues. Uh, that was one of my favorite. Well, it is one of my favorite issues, but I think it yeah. was one of my favorite interviews that I read because Johnny sent it to me. And he said, I've bashed it out. I don't think I'm very happy with it. Can you just like figure out what needs to be, does it need to be restructured? Is something not, something's not clicking for me. And I don't know what's wrong with it. And I read it and I I said to him, that's one of the best pieces I've ever read from you. I think that is the (laughs) best interview that I think I've seen from you in a long time because it was so, it just put her across so well. It put her and her environment right at the heart of the interview and yeah. I just loved it so she spoke a lot about cooking and she was writing a, a, a memoir about, cook, about food and I think she had um was she half Korean or something like that so I believe she so, had yeah. a lot of in yeah so she had a lot of really cool influence coming from her mum in in food and she was writing about that and yeah. so he was picking out titles that he saw on her bookshelf and that came into the interview and I just I loved it because it, it struck that balance between food and music and home and heritage and all these wow. things that feed into a person that ultimately feeds into the music yeah and he just i it was one of my favorite things i think i'd read in a long time and it was just it took him by surprise because he really thought that he couldn't get it right and it was <laughs> i think that sometimes happens with
0: you question yourself with, a, little with a, a little
1: bit absolutely i had that with a a, a piece i wrote i've interviewed marica hackman for one of the issues and oh fantastic but it was for her um her covers EP and I wrote it and I was like I just don't know if I'm very happy with it I think it's it's fine like I've I've written it (laughs) and I just don't know if it's if it's clicking you know sometimes uh, you feel like this is so when I wrote the war on drugs when I was like this is it this is coming out of me and I'm really happy with it and it's flowing well I'm writing it easily I feel like I'm getting it right and then the feedback was good and that's fine it clicked but with this one it clicked exactly it felt really natural because yeah. I could remember it so well but then with the America when I sent it and I was like I just don't think this is working <laughs> and the feedback came back and he was like well I can see it much better than you can because yeah. this is great and you know change this a little bit and you'd be fine and we'll, we'll go away with that and it can really take you by surprise I think because we know each other really well now we know each other's writing style of course that can yeah. help just to have a bit of a fresh a fresh perspective on it as well go away come back to it think of something else in the meantime restructure it rejig it you know it's like a big jigsaw
0: (laughs) yeah it's that perspective as well isn't it Mm -hmm. you know you, you might feel a certain way about a piece at that moment in time but also you might be in a different headspace completely you know we're not we're not always on it all the time and we can't always whop out 900 words but no i know you know on some days you might it's just
1: but you can be yeah. you can be too close to it as well sometimes you can be really labouring over it wanting to get it right you can be wanting to do it justice I think sometimes yeah. the pressure of having such a great conversation that you've had maybe over the phone or in person over zoom putting that into words and getting that across the right way can be really daunting it can be a very difficult task yeah. if you're not quite sure where to begin um you could have had this fantastic conversation and that's why we've done this, this podcast that we can talk about later but like you yes, know yeah. Being able, being able to put that across just as the raw interview can be really beneficial because sometimes you miss these little nuances that happen in a conversation. And so when you're too close to a piece because you want to do it justice and you really want to do it well, yeah, sometimes having somebody else who's just going to read it can be the best way to see what needs to be changed, what needs to be kept, or if you're just yeah. on the right track, at least. And, yeah. And
0: ultimately, we're creative people. I think I can I can, yes. all, I can relate to all of you in that sense. We're always creative and we've always got to, you know, produce the best stuff. We're we've you know we've never produced this this good a piece before. Mm-hmm. We've got to be better than yesterday's, and that. Yeah. There's a Bit of self pressure there. Do you think? I don't.
1: Know. I yes, like... I think that we're always trying to do better, so we're always trying to outdo ourselves. But that yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be, in terms of obviously we want the quality to be better, but sometimes course, it's yeah. just maybe the message that we're trying to put across. So it could be that you know, we're really proud of this recent issue because of some of the artists that we've spoken to. And then other times it could be that we're really proud of it because of what it says. And it's yeah. really got a, a message coming across and we love the, some of the feature pieces that we've got in there. And we can be always trying to do better, but we can want to be better in different ways as well. So we can yeah. maybe want to put a, um, like I say, a different message across or a different focus on each yeah. issue can be trying to do better as well. But you're right, that self-pressure can be, can be the end of you because if you're thinking, well, that was the best interview I've ever written. How the hell am I going to top that <laughs> next time? You know, it's not, it's not healthy because no, you're just never no. going to. It's sort a competition at the end of the day because someone could read what you thought was your best interview and yeah. think, not for me, like well written but not for me. It's a and Something else you can write exactly. So yeah. you write for your audience, don't you? But then yeah. I guess you also write for yourself. So you it's hard to know what to do. <laughs> you, yeah,
0: you can't always go like, ah, that was all right. It was just fine. You can't all, you can't no, always say that know. either because then it feels no. like it's not to the standard your your inner self is wanting. In a I don't know inner perfectionist. If you're a perfectionist, I certainly am.
1: Oh, absolutely, <sighs> yeah. And rule Dal was like that. I think I I remember reading a lot of him as a child, and um, he said that he was never ever happy with his final draft because he always wants to do better. And sometimes you just have to draw the line. Yeah, you have you to just, just let it, it, it go. I mean, I thought Matilda was pretty good, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think everything he did was pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, I know. It, yeah, it has been challenged in recent years. I mean, but that's the time period, I guess.
1: Let's not go that's into that. It, yeah. <laughs> no, let's not. Because oh, if gosh. we do that, we'll have everyone on our backs. So.
0: Into, the, into the realm of fantasy, I guess. It, it, into that realm, what would be your ideal artist to interview? Who would be oh, your wow. dream artist?
1: I think we would love to speak with Haim. I think they're lovely yeah we've got such a love for them for so many different reasons we think the sound is just right on brand we love what they write about we love how they work together that it's a family thing and each each of their albums just gets better and better each time I think they would be an amazing cover star for us I think we would love to do that um but then I think it
0: yeah it
1: depends because obviously they're quite well established so they're quite a, a you know a quite a popular band already so if if we like to focus on up-and-coming bands and alternative scenes I think that I think the dream one changes each issue I think that we sometimes we set our sights on an artist and think God, we'd love to speak with them yeah and they go sorry we're not really doing any promo at the minute and that kind of slides away and then the moment passes because their album doesn't time right with when we're trying to release it so I think that the dream one We'll change each issue. Sometimes we get it, sometimes we won't. And I'm sure that you know, Nick and Seb and Johnny could each offer their dream artists to put in to put in the front of the magazine. But um, <clears throat> I think Haim are definitely one that we'd love to get. Yeah.
0: Well, I hope the stars will be... align for you at some point.
1: That's a big ambition, though. <laughs>
0: no, it's not. It's not. I think they're, they're so down to earth they come across so down to earth. They do. I, yeah. I, had this, I had this horrible uh, decision to make back in... 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Start of 2016, when I was seeing Kaiser Chiefs in Manchester Gorilla, and I saw the Heim's ha- tour bus, uh, out <gasps> on the other side of the road at the Ritz. I had obviously I decided to go to see Kaiser Chiefs that night, yeah. rather than Heim, and I, I regret that a lot. But also I love Oof. Ricky and Co. Uh, but I also I saw them come out of the tour bus, and I was like, this is the height of their debut album and I'm not there. This is this is madness. I'm sit sitting in the cold in Manchester in the winter.
1: Oh my god, so you saw them.
0: I haven't seen them. Like, come out the bus. I saw them out the Did bus. You
1: see them come out the bus. Yeah, yeah, Well, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But uh, it's,
0: it's a different thing, you know, with have seeing them. I think they've done such amazing things since then and as you follow I've got them.
1: tickets to see them in July oh you haven't really excited I have I'm yeah. so mad I I got up at the crack of dawn to buy them because I was like well if I do nothing else today I'm gonna get tickets to go and see these guys <laughs> and I sat there and obviously the website crashed as we knew it would uh, a couple standard. of times and we we persevered we kept going <laughs> and the stars aligned and I got tickets and it, was, it has been rescheduled at three times oh and it's finally happening in July at the, the Hydro in Glasgow. Oh, the Hydro.
0: Yeah.
1: So excited.
0: I mean, what... what I think I might cry. What, <laughs> uh, what part? The start, you know, if we, do, if we do ever
1: interview them, I hope they never listen to this, because it's going to sound like I'm a massive fan girl. but, you know.
0: <laughs> I hope they do listen to this. That would be a huge achievement <laughs> for me. Oh, gosh. I, I think, you know, all of these different artists and the way they grow... And mm-hmm. I think they've grown into such incredible writers and in their own, their own yeah. like screenwriters now as well. And
1: I know. Liquorish <laughs> Anyway, I
0: actually
1: haven't seen it yet, but I'm really keen to. I haven't managed to catch it, but um, oh, I heard it was yeah. really good.
0: Yeah, you have to catch that if you're a fan of Heim. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it just shows. I bet the
1: soundtrack's amazing.
0: Soundtrack, yeah. And the vibe, the mm-hmm. whole cinematography of time, oh, beautiful costumes, yeah. Yeah, it is funny. Bradley Cooper is nuts in that. That's he's in
1: it. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. He's, yeah. I think it was Bradley anyway.
1: <gasps> I love I, Bradley Cooper.
0: Am I talking rubbish now? Let me just check this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be talking rubbish, but pretty certain it was him. Yeah, it was him. John Peters. Yeah. He's married to Barbara Streisand. Beautiful.
1: Oh, Wow.
0: You don't get to see her though. And that's, that's all I'm saying.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. I will absolutely even get my hands on it because it sounds like it's a, a good cast as well.
0: Yeah, great cast. I think it's um, Philip Hoffman's son's first ever role.
1: Wow. Okay. So I didn't even he was acting.
0: No, now it's dying. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I have to die. I went because the you know the name intrigued me, the aesthetic, and mm-hmm. I guess aesthetic is a big thing because you work you work with a designer on the on the publication. Mm-hmm obviously keeping that consistent brand all the way through do you you feel like um a certain artist has a take on how it should feel design wise say a punk artist you'd be a bit more experimental i guess
1: yeah i think that we're quite experimental anyway so i think that seb is really good at reading the interviews and looking at what fits and what the kind of tone should be what colors should go in there and playing with these beautiful photos that we get as well I think he's so clever at making it consistent but making it different each time so I think that with with the brand growing over the last couple of years he's really been at the forefront of making that visually consistent without being boring and stagnant (laughs) so every issue will look a little bit different without you know veering too far away from our general aesthetic and style so we tend to just leave it to him and do his magic and it always works out beautifully so um <laughs> I think but you're right but you're right every artist has their own aesthetic and their own style and um sometimes it's cool to try and work that in there somewhere and sometimes it's better yeah. just to keep it simple as well sometimes less is more that's the
0: thing I uh, finding that balance of what you want to achieve and the message like you say and you Know mm-hmm. a yard after, a very spoken word so you can highlight words a bit differently. Yeah. I don't know. It it was an all...
1: amazing one from Black Black Country New Roads had a really cool Ooh. are they in this issue or the year there was the um, volume thirteen, I think. Yeah. I think it was volume thirteen and obviously they had a really cool debut record, which kind of really I think was quite divisive. Some people loved it and some people couldn't really get behind it just because it's quite a bold taste. Right. But the the um The way that Seb designed the interview, it was all black with just white print, and like some of the really cool, like their kind of logo and their like B C N R, all these amazing block letters everywhere. And it was quite geometric and quite different, but quite simple. Like a lot of it was very sophisticated looking while keeping that punk feel like at the, the heart of it. And it was just, I thought it really represented the the interview really well, which is. I guess what he's really good at. So oh that yeah, was a good one. it's
0: it's super in the in the latest issue, of course. That's all I've seen so far, but I, I feel like it's gonna just gonna go from strength to strength, really.
1: Oh, thank you. We hope so. Yeah. So you mentioned the podcast
0: earlier. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Will you feature some bands and uh, artist guests?
1: Yeah. So the format of this is something I'm really excited about. So this is something we've wanted to do for a really long time. Johnny and I have been yeah. having chats about this for a year or so yeah and I've done some podcasts in the past so I know how much work is involved and we just weren't in a place before now to really do that and so we were looking for a way to kind of combine what we already had with bringing something new to our readers and to our future listeners so we trialed it with Fair Play Fest so the coverage we were doing with that was we were speaking with about seven different artists that were appearing at the festival in Manchester yeah um, I then asked all the writers to send me the raw interviews, so just the as they were uncut. Just send them my way; I'll work my magic. Yeah. And basically, it's just you hear about five minutes or so from each artist, just talking, um, either answering a question or it could be off on a little tangent. Because, like I said <laughs> before, there's so much we don't get to pack into the magazine.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there's so much that we have to miss out either because of length or. Because it just doesn't translate down on paper. You have to kind of listen to it to so really understand the joke or the. That's it. What was funny in that or what was, you know, a really lovely moment can be so simple. And when you read it, it just doesn't come across that way. And that's something I'm quite passionate about. So, um, episodes one and two are out now and you can go and, and have a listen. So basically, I just, right. I interview, um, I introduce the, the interviews and just kind of let them play. And we have a little snippet of each. Um, each artist's song as well, so you can have a, an idea of what they sound like. And each one's about 25 minutes long. We don't want it to be any much any longer than half an hour, really, because I think yeah. people lose interest. And the whole point of our our whole ethos is keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it snappy. And we don't want it yeah. to be dragging on too much um just because our own attention spans are limited. <laughs> and um, this is true. and yeah, and I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy with it. So we're gonna be doing that with a lot of our future coverage so. We have some things in the pipeline to speak with the Great Escape Festival in Brighton oh, next month, massive. which is cool. Um, So we've got some exciting artists. I spoke with one yesterday. I'm not going to tell you anymore because I want be to go and find it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, ultimately we will be doing it for each of our magazines. So each issue will put yeah. out one, maybe two um, episodes. I don't think more than two. I think that two is plenty. <laughs> um, and again, people will just be able to hear a different side to it so that we wanted to put across the kind of behind the scenes element of our content you know what goes into it some things you don't like you see you you miss some things from just reading it yeah yeah the vibe of it yeah yeah we wanted wanted to put the most organic version of these interviews across as well and just allow people to hear just a snippet of it and then want to hopefully go and find out more and go and pick up a magazine so um it's a way to reach new audiences and new readers and new music lovers and just expand a little bit so um, yeah i'm very excited about it very excited about if it
0: if a magazine could talk Come hey
1: that's good i like that i want to put that as a tagline <laughs>
0: copyright copyright
1: <laughs> with your permission <laughs> i guess it's... so yeah we've du- we've dubbed it the rodeo One Records, which i thought was quite cool
0: rodeo yeah yeah and the trailer it's also on Instagram, I think, isn't it? And
1: It's on Instagram. You can find it on YouTube as well. We have a channel now with everything there, and it's on Spotify. Uh, it will be on Apple Podcasts. We're having a bit of a delay in getting it up there. I think they're quite busy at the minute. And yeah. uh, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Acast. Basically, Brilliant. have a wee look, and uh, I'm sure you can find it somewhere.
0: Yeah, and obviously we know where, where we can find the magazine, but how much is the magazine, and... You know, where do you, where do you plan on there uh, sell, selling it in the future? I guess Is, you know are you gonna focus more now in into like cafes and stuff like this. Or at the moment, I think
1: um... we'll always be look looking for really new and innovative places to put it. So little cafes that we like, and um, we we're definitely all about supporting independent businesses. So I think yeah. that that's something we want to focus. Being you know an independent business ourselves, so. um Venues would be really cool. We go for currently at six ninety five pounds uh, yeah. an issue. Um, that might vary depending on how much content goes into each issue, so just keep an eye on that. But it's around the £6, £7 mark at the minute. Okay. We're always kind of scouting around to see who's um, who's up for taking us. But we're working with a distributor at the minute as well, so he's really good at finding oh, some super. places to be stocked. Um, So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on it. But in the meantime, we ship internationally, so... Uh, just find us at therodeomag.com forward slash shop
0: great yeah i hope everything goes to plan and best of luck
1: thank (laughs) you (laughs) good things to come oh well thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and hopefully um anyone listening will take an interest and go and check us out so i appreciate you taking the time to support us thank you it means a lot
0: no it's no problem at all thank you for agreeing to come on and thanks to johnny also for for reaching out So good. Yeah it an a,
1: absolute pleasure.
0: It's only the start of that. I think I'm going to try and keep track of the progress and share as much as possible.
1: Absolutely. Well, please do, because we'd love to come back and chat again down the line and see how we've changed um, in since chatting with you now. That'd be cool to come back and do a bit Absolutely. of a compare and contrast, a show and tell. <laughs> <thinking>. <laughs> put, our, put our money where our mouth is, hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, as much as you can show on podcast, I think it's like, what can you show? Yeah. But I think I <laughs> it speaks for itself. You got all the, all the stockists are on the website, and I'll I'll That's definitely true. be putting a piece up on on my blog as well at some point. So stay tuned for Thank that. Thank you
1: so much. Really appreciate that.
0: Ah, no problem at all. I think say hi to the team, and when I'm in the UK and I hope, hopefully get to go around gigs again at some point, I'll definitely try and find you all.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and no, we'd love that. We're always trying to kind of keep in touch with our um, supporters, and we'll obviously support this uh, the podcast and oh, share it around you. our socials as well. Yeah, 100%.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Liv, for joining me on the podcast. To read The Rodeo, you can do so online or in print. Issue 16 is out now and available in all good indie magazine shops. The full Stockist list is available on their website. The website is therodeomag.com That's T-H-E-R-O-D-E-O-M-A-G.com In our next episode, we'll meet Silas, the owner of Green Sylvanus, designed for hedge witches and wizards looking at magic, nature, folklore and the land. I can't wait for you to hear it, so make sure to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on wherever you listen to the podcast and let me know your feedback. You can find me at on The Overleaf So that's on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram On The Overleaf I'd love to hear your thoughts You can also visit our website at ontheoverleaf.com That's O-N-T-H-E O-V-E-R-L-E-A-F fcom Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Overleaf Podcast See you next time A big thank you to the creator of the music for the show Valtteri Keskitala